What does God want you to do? Is that a question you've been wrestling with? If you're like me, that's been a question that has come up often in my life and has often led to moments of confusion, frustration, doubt, fear. You know, we had this notion in our minds that God has this very specific thing that he expects of us, a specific job, a specific relationship. And our responsibility is to figure out what that is, to crack the code. If we can't figure it out, then there must be something wrong with us. We're not praying hard enough. We're not seeking God well enough. Or maybe it's a problem with God. Maybe God isn't actually good. Maybe he doesn't actually love me. Maybe he doesn't actually exist. Or let's say you feel like you discern it. A lot of things happen that fall into place. and You're like, I, I know that I'm doing what God wants me to do. And you step into that job, that relationship, that new home, and then suddenly things get hard. Maybe things fall apart. Then what? Then we start asking questions of, was I wrong? Did I make the wrong choice? Did I not understand God? Or maybe we start questioning God. Is God actually good? If I seek him and then he hurts me, how can he be good? Or does he even exist? Right? So this notion of calling is one that can be very challenging for us. And so today's episode is, is for those of you that have been wrestling with calling, wrestling with the question of what does God want me to do? And we're going to hear from my friend Kristen, a friend of eight years, who has been working through that herself. She's been trying to take some bold steps towards God, and there's been many times that she's hit obstacles, and many times that that's led to questions. But we step into a conversation of what does it really mean to seek God? What does it really mean to have a calling? What does God actually have for us? What does he actually expect for us? And what do we do with all of that when things go well or things don't? So I hope that you're encouraged wherever you are, whatever you're pursuing. And I want you to know that God loves you deeply and he's not trying to trick you or trip you up, but he may be trying to do something abundantly more. You're listening to episode 58 of the Where Did You See God podcast. Father God, I just want to thank you that you are God and you are good. Um, and I just thank you for Kristen and our friendship for, gosh, I don't even know how many years now, many, many years. And just the way um, that you've threaded our stories together and just the most recent ways where I know she's been an encouragement to me and our family uh, at multiple moments. And uh, so, yeah, I just thank you for her. I thank you for this story you have been writing in her life and, and even in the moments that are hard and confusing plans change we know that you're still god and you're so good so we give this time to you we pray that you are honored by it we welcome the spirit to speak and yeah, we just want to see you today let's we pray in his holy name amen so yeah i was i was trying to do the math in my head as i prayed and i realized i couldn't multitask <laughs> but yeah we go all the way back to 2013 yeah eight years is a long time um <laughs> and Actually, before, so before we started recording, one of the things that I remembered is that you were in one of the first episodes. And so when I went back to find it, uh, episode one was more of a, hey, here's what this podcast is. But episode two was the first time it was actually more in line with what the podcast actually looks like. 
And Doug Paul was the guest in that, but it was less him telling a story and him talking about how we can hear from God. So you were technically the first story. You had written a story about a moment when you were in South Africa and serving there. And, and in the story, you share about a s- student asking where your mom was. And it was a hard thing for you to answer because your, your mom had passed away. And so when they were asking, you know, is she here? Is she in America? At first, you didn't want to share. And, but then you felt like this push that maybe you should. And, and in the story, you talk about how that became a moment for you of recognizing that your story is important and you felt this kind of nudge from God to own the reality that not only is your story important, but it's worth being shared and that he can work through that. And so I was listening to that right before we got on the call and it was actually a really encouraging moment for me because it's such a powerful message uh, and yet such a simple message. And so I'm really glad that you're sharing now. And I actually don't know anything about what's in your mind and heart. I just know that I put an invitation out there. Hey, does anybody want to be on the podcast before I end this questioning series? And you said, maybe. (laughs) And here we are. So yeah, I mean, let's just jump right in. Like what, when you saw that post and you said, maybe, what was going on in your mind and heart? What's, what have you been kind of working through? What has God been writing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, So as you said, um, I was in South Africa like the during the first episode and so I didn't actually get to like physically share or like speak sharing and now I'm actually planning on going back to South Africa in the next like month or so it's kind of come full circle like from being Mm -hmm. in South Africa to like getting ready to go back yeah and just definitely like questioning like do I want to go to South Africa or like is it the right timing to go to South Africa or should I wait? And, you know, just having a lot of processing to do with going back. Yeah. I mean, that taps into something that, uh, you know, you're not alone in experiencing is the, uh, the question of what does God want me to do? What am I supposed to do? And that's a, a hard enough question in general, because often there are many possible answers. There are also many obstacles. So like in your case, you know, years ago, you were serving in South Africa, and you have tried to go back multiple times since then, but you keep hitting barriers, whether it's financial or whether it's a global pandemic. And so yeah, you're, you're, you're tapping into that of how do we know what God wants for us? How do we know what we think it is, is right? How do we know it's actually God? So yeah, what has that process been like for you? Because it's not, it's not a new thing. It's something you keep on finding yourself in. What has that been like? Yeah, um, I think God has definitely shown up in like a bunch of different ways. Like when I was in South Africa, I was listening to your podcast and it was um, Hunter, I think. And Mm -hmm. she mentioned like, um, like, don't wait to do something, like just go ahead and do it. And I think that was the first step to like actually knowing that I wanted to come back. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I think just afterwards, like South Africa has just been like mentioned a lot. I watch a lot of Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy and mm-hmm. like over the past few years, they've had a lot of questions about South Africa. And so like, you know, just seeing South Africa, like visibly, like whether on the show or people just mentioning it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just having God show up in really like weird and unique ways. 
like another thing, like earlier this year, I started watching someone stream games online and they end up mentioning South Africa one time. And, you know, just hearing someone else say South Africa and that they wanted to go made me excited to want to go back. Yeah. So let me ask this then, because um, I've had these moments too. You know, you have these moments where you feel like God has given you encouragement or affirmation, you know, Hunter's podcast, you know, don't wait, go and do it. South Africa popping up over and over and over. And, you know, I've had these moments too, where I feel like, all right, I feel like God is saying this is the thing to do. And yet, somehow that's still not enough sometimes for me. Sometimes I still end up questioning it no matter how many times, you know, something's up on a billboard. And, and then I began to question, well, am I just reading into it? Have you had those experiences too? Like South Africa keeps coming up, but has it still been a wrestle and a struggle? I think like over the past year, definitely like it's been a struggle figuring out, do I want to go or like, do I want to go somewhere else? Um, or like, where is God physically calling me? Is it still South Africa? Because it has been a few years. Um, yeah. And I think recently, like, it's definitely been more of a I'm going kind of mindset and knowing that this is kind of where I want to go and where I feel God leading me. Why do you feel like, and this is a big question, it may not have an answer. But why do you feel like God either may be leading you there, or maybe at least leading you to uh, consider going there? I think so. The biggest thing I keep coming back to is when I, in 2015, October of 2015, the church that I was going to when I was in college, I ended up meeting the missionary family that I go volunteer with mm -hmm. in South Africa. And that was just like a really big and unique way. And like God definitely showed up there. I was at church one Sunday and the pastor just went up to talk and introduced the family and said they were missionaries from South Africa and mm -hmm. that they um, had started a soccer academy. And I was like, I want to go back to South Africa. I had just been praying about trying to go back and volunteer in some way. And then they also started a soccer academy and I love soccer. So just like combining the two passions that I have yeah, um, and just like, seeing God work in that way because I knew I wanted to volunteer but didn't know like how to go back or what that would look like yeah so like the starting point then it sounds like is you you simply just had a desire to serve and go wherever God said and initially you didn't know what that would be but then it was like God kind of planted this thing out there that was like oh mm -hmm. this would be a good fit so, yeah. so how did that feel then? Like, you know, you had that initial moment. How was it? What was your experience like when you felt like God had given you this invitation in this place and then suddenly you keep on being barred from getting there? What, what was that experience like for you? But also what was your journey and, and, uh, and your relationship with God through that process, both the, the positive things you learn and the hard moments? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think definitely like learning that, you know, God's timing is perfect. So like I might not have gone right away, but I still like was able to grow and mature in my relationship with God. Yeah, because I was planning right after graduation to go to South Africa. But yeah. instead, I ended up working with chat, which mm -hmm. I really loved and really enjoyed the experience working with preschool students and uh, just working with the students there. Yeah. So you made the comment about God's timing and in those moments we can wrestle with, but why not now? <laughs> and, 
and I think the reason we ask that is because we begin to believe that the the destination or the thing is actually what we're supposed to get to. And if that's the thing we're supposed to get to, then it's fair to say, why not now? Why is God having me wait? But it's almost like there may be something else that God is actually trying to accomplish rather than just getting you to a place or to a role or to a ministry. And so you kind of mentioned it there where there is ways that God wanted to grow you. He gave you a glimpse of where he was eventually going to place you. But before that, there are things that he wanted to do. Are there, are there some things that you can name? You're like, yep, if I had gone then, I wouldn't have been this or that yet. Or it's good that I waited because this is some, a way that God grew me. Yeah, I think, so a lot of stuff that I was doing there was like tutoring. Mm -hmm. So definitely learning how to tutor um, and working with that students and tutoring them. So learning that aspect and like definitely working with them because a lot of the students that I do work with are from disadvantaged backgrounds. So actually yeah. like having that experience and working with younger students and also older students. Yeah, it definitely gave me experience working with the tutoring part. Yeah. yeah. And then I actually, after I came back from South Africa in 2018, I ended up getting a job as a preschool soccer coach yeah. and um, a math tutor. So like mm -hmm. two things that are what I would be doing in South Africa. Yeah. So after college, um, when I was at chat, there was a lot of community um, and just being able to have a community, even if it was kind of related to what we were doing and what we were working with. Mm -hmm. And then just afterwards, learning how to find community and like creating my own community, because that's definitely been a challenge over the past few years. It was definitely a challenge in South Africa when, you know, I know very few people. Yeah, so definitely like trying to find community and learning how to build it on my own rather than having like a forced community kind of thing. Yeah. And that's, man, that can be such a challenging thing in general in everyday life. Uh, a lot of people have had to process that during the pandemic when forging community is tricky, but yeah, when you're going to a different continent, <laughs> a different country, a different, you know, environment, a different culture, that becomes a whole new uh, skill set that if you've been grown in it, if you've learned how, not just how to find community, but that if you've learned to recognize that God desires community. And so no matter what the circumstances, he wants to create that for you. When we come to believe that community can exist, you know, some really cool things can happen. And I imagine that's going to be a really exciting thing for you when you get back there and to see how God forges that uh, in this new season in South Africa. One of the things that I've seen in my personal life and has come up a lot in this season of the podcast is the importance of being willing to sit with and embrace the hard things, to sit with and embrace the hard questions uh, you know, about God, about who we are and, and our faith, about all these things. When you think of this past season, from the moment you felt like God was inviting you to South Africa, to the moments where you couldn't get there, to this past year with the pandemic and all the challenges there, and even to this moment of like wrestling with, is this where God wants me to be? 
what questions did you have about God or, you know, what things did he either invite you to process through or are you still sitting with? Yeah, I think definitely the biggest thing is inviting people to join me on this journey. So it's not like just me going, but, um, you know, inviting others to join me and pray for me about what's happening and getting there. Cause I've realized definitely I can't, you know, do this by myself. Yeah. So just like forming community and people actually here in America who are like supporting me. Yeah. And what's crazy is like that taps directly into even that community piece. A lot of mm -hmm. times when we think about community, we're just thinking about the people physically around us. And if there's anything the last year taught us is that we have to find ways to understand community that's not tied to geography, that's not tied to physical presence. And, you know, what you just described is something that a lot of times people don't really understand about the beauty of what serving in ministry can be. And it's that Serving in ministry in the way that I feel like God's really inviting us isn't just about doing stuff. It's not about fixing things. It's not about accomplishing things. It's about taking steps towards God. But, but what you tapped into is the other piece. It's that it's not by ourselves, but that we are part of a body. And even if the part of the body that you are is physically thousands of miles away in South Africa, the people that are in that community with you are with you in it. You know, Paul uh, talks about in many of his letters, this, this sentiment, and I think it's Philippians 4.17, where he says to a, a body of people that have supported him, you know, in the past in prayer, financially, that are, are going to be supporting him again. He says to them, it's not that I desire your gift, but I desire that more be credited to your account. In other words, Whereas we could approach this and think that Paul's the one doing the work and people are just sending him funds, but he's the one. He's actually scratching that. He's like, no, 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 no. This isn't about money. This isn't even about what I'm doing. This is about what's being credited to you, to your account, what you are experiencing and gaining through this, even if you're not physically here because you are actually a part of it. And so even as you were talking, it, it made me again think of, you being the, the first story on the podcast. And I realized how important that was to me that we were not physically close to each other. You were in South Africa. You couldn't even easily like record your voice or you know, get on the phone with me. So you had to write it. And what the world could see as a small thing was a really big thing for me because I was stepping in faith into this podcast. I, I did it was I really felt like it was God's idea. It wasn't something I necessarily wanted to do. I didn't want to put my voice out there for anyone to hear. I didn't want this thing that could become a big thing or I didn't want this thing that could be a small thing that amounts to nothing. I didn't know what I wanted it to be. I didn't know what it would be. All I knew is that God was inviting me to take a step and I was willing to do it. And I put the call out for anyone that wanted to share their stories. And the fact that you answered that call and that you sent a story was big for me because it wasn't just that now I had content. It was a demonstration that you were walking with me in this new journey, um, that you were actually participating in this journey. And your words literally became something that, uh, that added to that episode, that added to this podcast. And so... Yeah, I'm really excited for you and what that's going to end up meaning for you as you are taking this 
step towards South Africa. And you're doing it in faith because even though, you know, Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune are saying South Africa, South Africa, South Africa, there's still a part of you that knows that this isn't a solidified, absolutely clear, yep, this is what God wants me to do. Like you are stepping in faith. You're, you believe that this is what God wants you to do. Um, but you are also stepping forward knowing that there's a lot you don't know, that in a way you could be wrong. But, but this is the piece that I've, I really love about who God is, is that his desire for us is not to find the right answers. His desire is for us to find him. And so in you praying and inviting others to pray and you seeking him for your plans for your life and in you taking physical steps and actions towards um, what you believe God is saying, it's not about South Africa. You're actually stepping towards him, which means you are stepping in the right direction. And so I'm excited for what that's going to mean for you. Even if things change and the pandemic takes another turn and you can't go, that doesn't change the fact that you have taken the right steps because you are stepping towards God. Yeah, um, I think that is just really encouraging because I know the past like month I've kind of been really stressed and anxious about like trying to get a visa, trying to get plans finalized. So just hearing that it's kind of seems like it's in the right direction or like where I'm supposed to be now just is really encouraging. Like I'm literally crying. Um, but yeah, that is just really encouraging for me. So Yeah. And it's, it, I only shared it because God encouraged me with it. <laughs> like that it's a truth that like <laughs> I've known and yet I have to keep coming back to. And I'll be honest with you, like this can be an easy area for me to, uh, end up wrestling with, with doubts about who God is and who I am. Because when we tie our understanding of God and ourselves to these things, to, and I'll, I'll use the word we always use, to callings, what happens when those things don't happen, when those callings seem to fall apart? You know, we've talked about, um, you know, you uh, being a part of this internship program that I ran. And, you know, you were in my first summer group. You were in my year-long group. And so we've connected a lot in that. And I really believed that God was calling me to step into that space and in that role. Um, and I've shared this on the podcast, but there were many hard years in that space and many moments where I was like, did I make the wrong decision? Did God not actually want me here? Did I mess up in some way? Is there something that God wants me to do? Does he want me to stay? Does he want me to go? You know, and I've also shared in the podcast that I eventually lost that job. And preceding that, I really wrestled with, did God actually want me here? Did I make the wrong choice? What's going on? But there was this beautiful moment uh, a year before I lost my job where God kind of brought me to this place of releasing my idea of what I thought calling was. My calling wasn't to a job. My calling was to him. And that meant that no matter what happens in the job, no matter what happens in life, I can be content in all situations because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His invitations are always out there. His hand is always extended. He's always standing at the door and knocking. So no matter what happens, I can be where God is calling me to be because where he's calling me to be is with him. And even though that was a lesson I learned, gosh, that, that moment was back in 2017. I'm, as you were talking, I'm thinking about a moment just weeks ago that I was sitting in our little prayer space outside 
and having these same conversations with a friend and they were working through it and I was working through it because there's huge question marks on my life right now and moments where I'm like, but God, I thought you were calling me to this. I thought you wanted me to do this. So why do I keep hitting walls? Why do I keep hitting barriers and obstacles? And God's like, why are you upset? <laughs> like, what, it, what was it that you were actually pursuing? Were you pursuing that path? Were you pursuing these ways of serving? Were you pursuing this, that, and the other? Because I called you to pursue me. And I'm still here, even if those things aren't. And so it's a lesson that I keep having to learn. But like I said, those are the moments that can be the easy, slippery slope into questioning God and questioning his goodness. Because why would he call me to something and then take it from me? Man, praise be to God who has so much grace, love, and mercy for us that he doesn't get mad at us when we slide down that hill. He's sliding right with us, um, ready to catch us because his goal is not for us to figure it all out or to get it fixed. His goal for us is to just be with him. And if it takes those moments of us asking hard questions, he's okay with that because he wants to be with us. And so that's where you are now. It's like, even as you have these questions of, is it supposed to be a South Africa? The actual answer is no, it's supposed to be God. Mm-hmm. Can God work through South Africa? Absolutely. If it falls apart, does that ruin everything? No. If you forced South Africa, does that get you closer to God? No. God is, is here and now and present, and your steps are just opportunities to seek him. Now, it sounds like it's going to be South Africa. All, all things are kind of leading for that. You're, you're looking at a month away. Knowing what you know now about who God is and who he's made you to be, how do you feel like South Africa is going to be different this time compared to last time? I think this time it's going to be more like I would know what I'm doing and I can know how to like pursue community. And since I'm going to be there for longer, I can go to like life groups at the church that I go to and actually like build those community relationships and just really be able to trust God more. Yeah. Yeah. Cause going to another country is way out of my comfort zone. So definitely like going there and having some idea of what to expect, even though I know God's going to do something amazing and totally blow away my expectations. Yeah. Why do you think it is that God is inviting you to something out of your comfort zone? Wouldn't, Wouldn't God want you to be comfortable? Like, why is he putting you in a place that's not normally where you would be? Yeah. I, yeah, I'm not sure. (laughs) Um, And I, yeah, I don't know. Um, I think definitely when I went to South Africa last time for three months, I definitely like was able to focus more on God because I was like trusting Mm -hmm. him to take care of everything. And I was actually having no idea what I was doing. So just like having that trust that God is there and actually seeking him constantly because it's not familiar. So I had to trust that he would just be there and show up and that things would go well and yeah, so just having that trust mm-hmm. or um, having to seek him more since it was like an unfamiliar place. Yeah, that's really good because that's a truth that I think we all need to kind of embrace that when we don't have all the things we want and need, we are better poised to actually seek the one thing we do need, which is God. And we see this throughout scripture, right? Like, 
the moments that the Israelites sought God most is when they had nothing left. Um, they, they had, they didn't have the strength they needed. They didn't have the security they needed. And it's not like God put them in that place. They got there because of their own choices. But in those moments, they were actually able to see how much they needed God. But then we also see in their story that as they get comfortable, they forget that reality and they begin to think that they need other things and they begin to want other things. And they very naturally and organically stop thinking about God until they find themselves back in that very first place. And so put another way, it's not that God doesn't want us to be comfortable. It's not that God hates comfort. It's not that comfort is a bad thing. It's that God realizes what we often forget is that comfort creates a space for us to forget his love and goodness. Comfort is, is kind of a trap for us that if we're not careful, we can lose sight of, of God. And his desire is to protect us from something that's ultimately going to hurt us because he knows we need him. And so, yeah, I think you're completely right that by being in a different country, in a different culture, out of your comfort zone, without your normal safety nets, you actually have a greater capacity to say, God, I need you, versus if you're exactly in the job you want to be, in the home you want to be, in the environment you want to be in, and everything's going well, you don't have to think about God as much because everything's going well. God doesn't want to put us in hard situations. He knows, though, that good situations can end up being a trap for us. So when you think about going into this space that's out of your comfort zone, this space that's going to be hard and have challenges, what do you think are the things that you really hope that that community will be praying uh, over for you, praying on your behalf? Yeah, I think definitely that I would step out of my comfort zone. So like I'm usually shy and quiet. So definitely like stepping out and reaching out to people. So it's not just like me doing what I normally do, like going to school, coming home, but it's like actually reaching out to people. So building that community and like getting to know people more and yeah, just really getting to know the community that I'm in rather than focusing more on like my host family or the people that I know from the school, but actually like reaching out to the greater community and yeah, just being able to step outside of my comfort zone and be okay with like going places by myself rather than like needing someone else to go with me. Yeah. Yeah. And as you were talking, so I want to encourage you, but I'm going to lead into that. So you were talking about how you're normally quiet and shy. And, and so a big prayer is that, you know, you would be able to kind of press past that and have conversations. And, and what it made me think of is I identify as, as an introvert and in many circumstances, I can be quiet and shy too, especially in new circumstances. You know, one thing that people get wrong about introverts is they think that introverts don't want to be around people. And that's not what it is. Introverts love you know, authentic, real conversations, interactions with people, but there can be barriers to getting to that place. And so you talked about being quiet and shy. And I know for me, and there can be a lot of reasons, but I know one of the reasons that I have wrestled with in the past is thinking less of myself, um, thinking that people might not want to talk to me, or I might not have much to offer, or there's a lot of ways that I operate differently. And so 
will I just come across as weird? Or so all these thoughts, you know, throughout my life, I, I can recognize moments where those have been at play. And so the thing that I want to encourage you in is, is actually your own words. And I wish I had them verbatim, but you said, gosh, I guess this was uh, almost three years ago when you sent me the message that your story is important, that your presence is, is important. And you had that moment in South Africa years ago where you actually hid a part of yourself until God's like, no, 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 no. Your story is important. Your presence is important. And it was this step into opening yourself up, inviting people to see something that you didn't necessarily want to share, but it created a, a new level of community and actually brought about what you had been hoping for, which was connections, authentic connections. And so I would just want to definitively say, like your presence in South Africa is going to be important. Your presence in interactions with people, your presence in conversations. And the reason it is, is because you are a daughter of God. You are a child of God made in the image of God. And wherever God places you, it's because he wants to place you there. Whatever people cross your path, it's because he wants them to have an encounter with you because you were fearfully, wonderfully made. Um, not because of anything you in and of yourself have to offer or because you're a certain type of person or you're this, that, and the other. Because that's how we operate, right? Like we think the people that people want to be around are the funny ones, the popular ones, this, that, and the other. God is positioning you and wherever he's going to position you because he knows who he made you to be. And he wants that with whoever he places next to you. And so I just want to encourage you, um, your presence is going to matter. Hopefully that, that community of people, and I'll definitely be one of them, uh, will be praying for that courage and strength. But the good news is that that doesn't have to come explicitly from you. You don't have to have all that strength within you just out of it. No, like the strength of God is what you're going to be able to tap into um, if you're willing to take those steps. And so, yeah, just be encouraged. Your, your story and your presence matter. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, that is definitely really encouraging and definitely something I needed to hear this week. <laughs> I have to remind myself of it often. And you know, that's the reality, right? Like these things that we think we know, we want them to be one-off things. Um, but I'm starting to realize that, you know, the Apostle Paul says, not that I've, you know, achieved perfection, that I've already arrived, but I continue to run the race. I think these truths that God gives us aren't meant to fix us. And so now we're we're fixed. They're meant to be continual reminders and Ebenezers that, in these human bodies, with these human minds, we're going to continue to have weaknesses and struggles. The Apostle Paul wanted those to be eliminated for him. He's, he talked about this thorn in his flesh, and he knew if this thorn was gone, if he didn't think this way about himself, or if he didn't operate in this way, or whatever it was, um, if it was gone, he would be more effective for the kingdom, that he would be able to do so much more for God. And so we asked God to take it away, and God didn't. <laughs> And instead, what Paul came away with was the realization that in his weaknesses, God was shown strong. And so, you know, you and I could end up having these gut instincts to say, oh, God, if you could just make me less shy, or if you can make me less this, that, or the other, or if you can make me more this, then everything would be so much better. And I could serve you in such a better way. And sometimes God's like, 
No, 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 no. The, the answer isn't for you to be better in and of yourself. The answer is for you to recognize that in your weaknesses, my strength is there. <laughs> in your inabilities, my ability is there. In your lack, I am everything. Yeah, so we're, you and I are going to have to continue to have these moments of remembering things that we will feel like we've already learned, um, but it's because God is continuing to invite us to walk with him. I have, I, so I have a question for you, and this has been popping up in my mind. So I said earlier that you're not alone in being in this space of wrestling with calling. You know, what does God want me to do? Is this thing that I'm pursuing what God has for me? What if I get it wrong? What if I don't do it right? Like you're not alone in being in that space, but you've been navigating it and you are taking a bold step now. So what would you say to encourage other people who are hearing this, who are wrestling with calling? What would you say to encourage them in their journey? Yeah, I think definitely what I've learned is, you know, it's okay if what you do isn't what you planned or it's okay to like change your mind. You don't have to like have it all figured out. Yeah. And just to work through the process because it's not just figuring it out in like a day or like for me um, going to college and getting a degree and now not really using it. Mm -hmm. So it's okay to like go through college and then change your mind at the end and decide you want to do something else. So it's not, you don't have to just stay at one thing and to just pray about it and just um, process through how you're feeling about it. And if it's what you want to do, or even just like changing your mind and figuring out what else you want to do and what you like to do. Yeah, that's really good and really important. Another way we could look at this is, you know, you basically said it's okay if plans change. It's okay if you don't do what you thought you were going to do. And the question could be, why do we feel like it's not okay. Why do we feel like it is bad to get a degree and then not use it? Why do we feel like it's bad to forego a normal job and go and work for ministry? Uh, you know, why do we, why do we feel like these things are bad? And I think that sometimes what we need to do is to ask that question, because I think what we will find is that the reason that we feel like something is good or bad is based on what we think the purpose of life is, what we think our purpose is, what we think um, the ultimate goal is. And so often our plans are actually based on these cultural ideas of achievement, of reputation, of certain jobs are good jobs, certain levels of pay are you know good, certain levels of education are good, and then everything under that is lesser. But that's not how the kingdom of God works. I mean, Jesus went to people who had jobs. Some of them had really good, reputable jobs. And he said, hey, I want you to do something foolish. And just right now, without any plan in place, leave those. And then just walk around with me, right? Like the world could look at that and say, that was a, that was a foolish thing for them to do. But what Jesus knew and what the disciples ended up coming to know is that Whereas they thought they knew how the world worked, which was you do this, you do this, you do this, you get this education, you get this job, you work towards this, you save this, and then at the end, you're, you're good. The reality is God's reality 
looks very different, that none of those are requirements or qualifications. The only requirement is to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will come after. And so you are completely right. We don't have to be tied to certain expectations or certain plans about what our life is supposed to be. Now, do we have those expectations thrown at us a lot, either externally or internally? Absolutely. And a big part of the journey is learning how to release ourselves from that um, and instead hold on to the expectation that God has for us, which is simply to love him and to love others. Any, any other thoughts on your heart or mind as we wrap up? Um, just one thing. You said something earlier. I don't remember what it was. It just reminded me of the background I have on my phone. Mm -hmm. And it's like a picture of Jesus and a little girl. And she has a stuffed animal. And like he's reaching out and saying, like, give it to me. And behind his back, he has a bigger toy for her. Mm -hmm. You know, we have things that we find comfort in or that we love. Um, but God sometimes asks us to give it up because he has something bigger and better planned. And so I think that kind of just fits in with like having expectations and just giving them to God because he can do bigger and better things. Yeah, that is that is really good. <laughs> and it is so true and so hard for us to accept. Well, how does the verse go? It's uh, to him who is able to do abundantly more than we can ask or imagine because of the power at work within us. I think you're completely right that we have things that we think are good and we want to hold on to those and it feels wrong to be asked to give those up. Like how messed up is that for an adult to go to a kid and say, give me your stuffed animal. <laughs> like that's how we feel sometimes mm -hmm. with God. And yet Jesus is standing there with something better and he knows it's better, but he can't force it. It's an invitation. So you're completely right. That's really good. Well, thank you so much for making space, for accepting the invitation to share, for stepping in boldness to share. And yeah, I just, I really appreciate you. Um, as I said earlier, you know, you keep being threaded through our story, whether it's sending a story for the podcast or sending uh, an encouraging email uh, or just your constant um, and consistent prayer for us as, you know, our family has been on a wild journey. I just really appreciate who you are. And, and who you've been in my life the past eight years. And I look forward to hearing what God ends up doing in the coming years for you as you are taking these bold and exciting steps. You will walk, you will run, dance through the streets, shouting praise to the one. You're healed, you're clean. Go out, tell the people what you've seen. Revived in Him. What was Jesus' calling to the disciples? We can have a lot of answers to that. We can look at the full breadth of their story and name specific things that they had done and say this is what Jesus was calling them to do. That's not what Jesus was calling them to do. Those were byproducts. Those were supplemental. What Jesus was calling them to do was to follow him. That's it. In fact, we could look at the lives of so many of the heroes of the faith both in scripture and ones that we know about, we could look at the things that they have done and we can compare ourselves. And we can easily begin to think that something is wrong with us, that we're not seeking God as well as they did, that we don't know God as well, that we're not as good of Christians. We base our understanding of calling on the outcomes that we have seen and heard of from others 
that we assume of ourselves and we're missing the point. We are missing the point. The other day I was sitting on the porch and I was reflecting on this idea and I began to imagine this scenario of let's say you die, you go to heaven, meet God, and God's like, all right, let's see what your life amounted to. He flips through the records and he looks at you and says, one person came to know me because of your life. Your 20, 30, 40, 50, 80 years amounted to one person. What's our gut reaction to that? What's your gut reaction to that? I know that for most of us, the gut reaction is we dropped the ball. We failed. One person out of 80 years? What were we even doing with our time? And our problem is, is that we base success, we base value off of measurable outcomes. More is better. The kingdom of God works different than the world. The first shall be last, right? So maybe, maybe in God's mind, it's not about how many people you impact, but it's about whether you were seeking him. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will follow. What support can we have for this? Well, we can think about the parable of the 99 and the 1. There were 99 sheep. One got off track. The shepherd left the 99 to go after the 1 and came back with the 1. And what happens? It says the angels rejoiced for that 1. The purpose of your life is not to produce outcomes. If you are seeking God, the purpose of your life is to seek God. That's it. It doesn't matter what's produced from that. That's on God what he wants to produce from that relationship. That is what you should chase after. Not reaching the most people, doing the most things, writing the most books, being known for what you've done. Put another way, if God told you, hey, I have plans for you, but guess what? No one else is going to see it. No one else is going to know what I've done through you. No one else is going to see that impact. Sometimes you won't even see the fruit. But you will be used by me in powerful ways. So are you up for that? Would you be willing to accept your whole life being one of no acclaim, no recognition, no visible fruit, because that's what I'm inviting you to? Would you be game for that? I'll tell you what, many of us might not be game for that. At the very least, we may pause. But that begs the question, what is it that we're actually after? Are we actually after God's glory? Or are we after some of the things that come with recognition, accomplishment, and acclaim? And, and I'm not saying that those are bad things. What I'm saying is there is a better thing. Kristen named it well. We are holding this teddy bear. And it can be good things. It could be things that make us feel so wonderful, so comforted. And Jesus is holding a bigger and better bear. And if you've had kids, if you were a kid, you might know that sometimes there's a lot attached to that original bear. It can be hard to let go of that. But what if Jesus actually does have something better? Are we willing to let go of what we want, of what we know, of what we understand? For the sake of trusting the man who knows us better than ourselves and what he has for us. To him who's able to do abundantly more than we can ask or imagine because of the power at work within us. It's an invitation. And Jesus is never going to force us. He is not going to force you. But he is going to continue to extend his hand and say, hey, 
I have something better for you. Do you trust me? Calling is such a hard thing. Whether it's about a home, a relationship, a job, or something else, being in a nebulous space of unknowns, of constant change, can be frustrating, can be infuriating, can be painful, can be confusing. And it can be hard to know how God can be God and good when there are such huge question marks. But we have the opportunity to take that concept that God is God and God is good and make it a foundational stone from which we build everything else. So as you are looking ahead, trying to discern the next step, what could it look like to do so saying, I want to choose to believe that God is God and God is good. And even though I don't know what is ahead, I'm going to step in faith that that could be true and then see what happens. See how that approach can change how you navigate your job search, your home search, your relationships. Because if God is God and God is good, if he does have abundantly more, then those are the type of steps that are actually going to get us somewhere we could have never gotten on our own. So take those steps and ask yourself, where did you see God? Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the Where Did You See God podcast. And I would love for your stories to be a part of it as well. So there are a number of ways that you can do that. You can check out our Facebook page at Where Did You See God podcast. You can go to anchor.fm slash Where Did You See God, or you can leave a brief voice message at 804-372-3836. I would love to hear your stories. And if the stories you've heard have encouraged you, Uh, Think of someone else who could be encouraged as well and share it with them. The music you've been listening to is You'll Walk, You'll Run by Urban Doxology. They are a solid group and you will love listening to the rest of the music. So check them out. And as always, as you go through your day, ask yourself, where did you see God?